we're going to be discussing whether Mashiach has to be a human being, or maybe Hashem himself will be Mashiach. So, just before we begin, so I think it's pretty obvious to us, most of us already take it for a given that Mashiach is a human being. Um, Mashiach is a king from the house of David, from Beis David. So, but we're going to go back to the original sources and we're going to discuss whether that is indeed final and definite. And then we'll also discuss why, in fact, is it so important that Mashiach be a human being? Why is it, in fact, not enough that Hashem himself take us out of exile? Why must Mashiach be a human being? So, let's, um, let's begin with... The Gemara in Sanhedrin and Daftzadik Tesla Medalef. Sanhedrin 99a. Over here we're going to have one of, uh, one of the sages in the Talmud, one of the Amiroyim. He seems to say that uh, Mashiach, uh, Mashiach will not have to be a human being. So let's see exactly what he says and then we'll analyze his words. So Reb Hillel Oymer, Reb Hillel said, this, this Hillel is not the famous. Um, Hillel, who is the contemporary of Shammai, known as Hillel Hazakin, this is a, a much later, this is an Amira from the sages of the, of the Talmud. Reb Hillel says, Eim lahem Mashiach li Yisrael. says, the Jewish people do not have a Mashiach, shekvar achaluhu bimei chizkiah. For they have already, literally, they've consumed it already in the days of Chizkiah. In other words, we already used, we already had our Mashiach in the days of Chizkiah. Chizkiah was the Mashiach. So there's, there will not be another Mashiach. So before we look at Rashi and see what exactly Reb Hillel means, let's, con- let's continue the Gemara. Amr Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef said concerning Reb Hillel's statements, Shorele more Reb Hillel, says, Reb Hillel's master should forgive him, meaning God Almighty should forgive Hillel for saying such words. In other words, it's, you, you cannot say such a thing. It's definitely not acceptable. And he proves why you can't say so. Because Chizkiah Amos Hava. When, when was Chizkiah? The Bayes Risha. He was during the first temple period. The Iluk Zechariah Kamisnavi Sheni. And now you have the prophet Zechariah who is prophesying in the, temp, the time of the second temple. He says the following words. Gili Ma'od Basitziah. Daughter of Zion, rejoice very much. Hori Bas Yerushalayim, daughter of Jerusalem, celebrate. Hine Malkech Yavelach, behold, your king is coming. Tzadik Menoisha, who he is righteous, he's a he's a savior. Oni Veroiche Valachamari, he's a poor man who rides on a donkey. Val Ayu Ben Asoynos, and on a mule. So, in other words, what basically saying is, you you see clearly. In um, in Zechariah, who is already prophesying about the second temple period, he is prophesying that Mashiach is coming. Behold, your king is coming. So it's obviously clear that Mashiach was not in the time of Chizkiah, but Mashiach is coming later, already in post-first temple period. Mashiach is coming to take us out of exile. So... If you just read Rav Hillel's word at first glance, you could understand Rav Hillel to mean that he is denying the entire concept of Mashiach. He's saying we already had Mashiach. 
Sheikh's not coming. We're just going to be in exile forever. But if that were the case, so Rav Yosef, who is disagreeing with Rav Hill, and he's disproving Rav Hill, seemingly, why does he have to bring this verse from Zechariah, which is, uh, uh, which is talking about Mashiach coming, uh, coming? Seemingly, there's many verses in, in the Torah itself which indicate that Mashiach is coming. Mashiach is going to come at the end of days. So, obviously it must be Reb Hillel is not denying the whole concept of Mashiach. So actually, let's look at Rashi. Look how Rashi interprets Reb Hillel's words. Ein lahem Mashiach li Yisrael. What does it mean that there is no Mashiach for the Jewish people? Rashi says it means that Rather, Hashem Himself will be king over them. And he alone will redeem them. In other words, Rabbi Hillel wasn't denying the concept of Mashiach in general, the concept of redemption, the concept of Geula. He was denying the concept that there will be a human Mashiach. He says, of course we will be led out of exile. Of course we will have a king who will lead us out of exile. But who is that king? That king will be Hashem himself. So in the Chidushi Haran, from Rabbeinu Nisim, also on Sanhedrin, he explains a similar thing. He has a little bit more explanation. He says, So to Rab Hillel, who said that there was no Mashiach for the Jewish people. He didn't mean to say that the Jewish people will be in their state of mourning and exile. They will be, they will perish among the Gentiles, God forbid. God forbid for that righteous man of hill to say such a thing. The Torah clearly promised and testified that Hashem will bring us back from all the nations. They'll dwell in the land, they'll inherit it. You have the entire parish over there in Atem Mitzavim, which clearly spells out that at the end of days, Hashem will bring us out of exile. Although Parish of Hazinu, likewise in the parish of Hazinu, says the same thing. Rather, he was just telling us that in the days of Mashiach, that he was saying it's not the way you it's not it's not going to be the way you think. Why you He says we won't need a king Mashiach to conquer the nations. As soon as we leave exile, says the glory of God will will appear over them. and the dead will be resurrected. and they will enjoy the the radiance of the divine presence. This is also the meaning of what our sages say: that the whole world was only created for King David. In other words, that the 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 best part of this world was in the time of King David. It's another statement that was mentioned earlier in the Gemara. So also, what does he mean that it was already 
consumed, we already used it up, we already had Mashiach in the, in the days of Chizkiah. What does he mean to say? Meaning that the main physical goodness of this world was experienced already in the days of Chizkiah. Okay, in other words, basically what he's saying over here, the point of the Ran he's trying to bring out is that it's not that he completely denies the concept of a human Mashiach. He just says that the whole physical part of Mashiach, that was already, we, Chizkiah was our Melech. He was our king. He was our physical human Mashiach. And in during his time period, that's when we experienced the human physical aspect of Mashiach. Now, in the final redemption, what are we, what are we expecting? Just going to be Hashem Himself. Now the line concludes, However, the words of Hillel have already been pushed away. They've already been disproven from the voice that says, right, The voice that Rav Yosef brought in the Gemara, which was during the time of the Second Temple. Zechariah, he was, he was promising the Jewish people about the King Mashiach who will be who will be revealed very speedily in our days. In other words, you, what Rav Yosef's point was is that what do you see in the voice in Zechariah? You see that there's going to be your king. There's going to be a king Mashiach, a human Mashiach, who's going to take us out of exile. Okay, so basically, what do we see? We see that. Reb Hillel had this opinion that there will not be a human Mashiach, but Reb Yosef proved him wrong. So now, what's the status of someone that's going to come along today and say, you know what, I hold of the opinion of Reb Hillel. I know that there's other sages that had questions on what Reb Hillel said, and they, and they seemingly disproved uh, what Reb Hillel said, that Reb Hillel didn't believe in the human Mashiach, but the, after all, Reb Hillel was also a great sage. He was one of the sages of the Talmud. So if I'm going to say that I don't believe in the human Mashiach, I believe in redemption, I believe that this world is going to change, that Hashem is going to take us out of exile, but it, I don't think it's going to come about through a human being. It's just going to be Hashem himself. And in fact, that, that's what Reb Hillel himself says. What is the status of a person who says such a thing? So we have this tshuva, we have this halachic responsa of the Hassam Soifer. 19th century um, halachic responsa. He says like this. So the Hini Reb Hillel of Now Reb Hillel in Sanhedrin, in the last parak of Sanhedrin, Perak Chelek, 99a, Omar in Mashiach Yisrael. He said that there was no Mashiach for the Jewish people in Pirush Rashi. Rashi explained that, that to mean that it means that Hashem will redeem them without any emissary. So first of all, the Chassam Sefer points out, So first of all, Rashi's explanation is the correct explanation. You must say this is the correct explanation. The Chassam Sefer means to negate so the, uh, other commentaries that explain Reb Hill to mean that he's denying the, whole, the concept of Mashiach in general. And he's saying that according to Rashi, Rashi's explanation is, is the only one that really fits in the Gemara. In other words, because if not, so Rabbi Yosef is asking a question from the verse that says that Mashiach is coming as a 
poor man riding on a donkey, he says that you could just say it's not even talking about Mashiach. You could say that's talking about Nehemia, the prophet Nehemia. The Ramban, in fact, actually interprets that verse that way on his commentary on Shir Hashirim. He didn't also, he didn't disprove of Hill's words from another verse in Zechariah which says that there was living water that's going to come out from the house of Hashem. Once again, a reference to the redemption. This proof, the Ibn Ezra, he brought this proof. So obviously it must be that from all those voices there's no proof because Reb Hillel agrees that there will be a redemption. He only holds that Mashiach will not be a king. Will not be a human king. So that's what Reb Hillel meant. Now he says that in this regard as well the halacha does not follow Hillel. The Ha'oyim Ba'ein Mashiach, someone who says that there was no human Mashiach. The Kim Lake Rabbil, and I hold like Rabbil, Harehu Kaifu Bechlam HaTorah. Says the Chsam Saifu, he is someone who denies Torah. The Kaili Achner Rabbim Lahatos. In Torah it says that the Halacha follows the majority opinion. So Kim and Shiramu Alokachma Yisrael, since the sages of Israel, they outnumber Hillel. And they, their opinion is not like that of Rav Hillel. So no one else can follow the opinion of Rav Hillel. For example, gives an, another example of, uh, of a situation, a very extreme situation, where a person is not able to say that they follow the minority opinion. So there's a there's, an, there's a disagreement between the sages, the Chachamim and Rabbi Eliezer, regarding whether machshire mitzvah push off Shabbos, which means that if you have um, preparations to a mitzvah, to a, a machshire mila, sorry, machshire mila means preparations for a bris mila, whether they push off Shabbos. So everybody knows that a bris mila itself on the eighth day. Um, overrides the prohibition of Shabbos uh, that of, 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 of drawing blood, of wounding on Shabbos. Now, the, the disagreement between Rabbi Eliezer and the sages is, is regarding whether preparations for Brismila override Shabbos. So the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer is that even the preparation for Brismila also overrides Shabbos. He says if you, don't, uh, if you don't have a knife, you can make a knife on Shabbos. He says, if you if you need, uh, says over here, um, he says you can uh, you can even cut down trees to create charcoal that's necessary in order to in order to make the the knife to to do bris milah. Although that involves a number of malachis on Shabbos of forbidden labor on Shabbos. So now the question is, what's going to be if nowadays someone is going to say, I follow the opinion of Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer, therefore I'm going to. Uh, do these uh, preparations for Bismillah on Shabbos. So he says like this. So now in Rabbi Lezer, in his place, in other words, in his city, where he was the, the Rav at his time, so people, in fact, if they didn't have a knife for Bismillah, they would cut down trees to make charcoal in order to make 
in order to make bias, in order to make iron for bris milah, for circumcision. However, However, after the halacha has been ruled now, based on the majority opinion, not like the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, so someone who will do such on Shabbos, someone who will go ahead and cut down trees, and he'll make charcoal to make iron on Shabbos, if he'll do that with and he'll be warned by witnesses, and the witnesses will also witness him do those forbidden acts on Shabbos. What's going to be the punishment for such a person? Sokil Yisokil. He will incur the punishment of someone who violates the Shabbos with Edom Bahasra, with witnesses and with prior warning, which is that he that he's that that will be he'll get skila, he'll be stoned. He won't be able to say, "Oh, I hold like the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer." So, in other words, this is this is an example of once the halacha has been paskin, has been ruled in accordance with the majority opinion, no one can come along and say, that, "Well, I hold like this other sage who the opinion is not like." So, a similar thing says the Chassam Seifu in regard to belief in Mashiach. Once the halacha has been ruled that we have to believe in a human Mashiach, someone who comes along and says that, oh, I don't believe in the human Mashiach, I believe in Rabbil, such a person is denying Torah. Such a person has the status of a Kaifer. So in fact, now moving on to the actual Halacha, which is in the Rambam, Hilfus Malachim, Perkid Aleph, Halacha Beis, um, it's actually Halacha Aleph, yeah, Perkid Aleph, Halacha Aleph, chapter 11, the first Halacha, the, the second to last chapter, in, in Maimonides' uh, magnum opus, um, the Mishnah Torah, he says, HaMelech HaMashiach Asid Lamed Olahachso Malchus He says that it's the Melech HaMashiach, it's the King Mashiach who is, de- who is destined to arise and we turn back the kingdom of David to its former glory, L'Memshallah HaRishayna. So the Ramah makes it clear that who is going to be the Melech HaMashiach, it's going to be a Melech HaMashiach, it's going to be a human being. And then he goes on to explain what he's going to do, what is his job, he's, he'll rebuild the Beis HaMikdash, he'll, he'll gather in all the, the remnants of the Jewish people, and all the mitzvahs will come back, we'll bring the sacrifices, we'll make the the sabbatical year is a jubilee year. According to all of the mitzvahs that are spoken about in the Torah. And then the Rambam says clearly, He says, anyone who doesn't believe in him. In other words, the Rambam is making it clear that we're talking about someone who be- might believe in Geula, but he doesn't believe in him. He doesn't believe in Mashiach himself. Or even someone who doesn't await the coming of Mashiach. Meaning he might await the Geula, the redemption, but he doesn't await the coming of the human Mashiach. So what is the status of such a person, says the Rambam? Not only does he deny the other prophets, he denies Torah and Maishu Rabbeinu. And the Rambam now goes on to list in this halacha two proofs that... Mashiach is coming. So the first one is, says, Shariah Torah, he Ida Allah. The first proof is from Pajas Nitzavim, 
where it says clearly that Hashem will gather in the Jewish people. Then the Rambam says another proof. He says, He says, This matter was also spoken, spoken about in the Pasha of Bilam. And over there, Bilam prophesied concerning the two Meshichim. And the Rambam goes, and he goes on to explain the different psukim, the different verses in Pasha's Bilam. And he shows us how the, how the Nebuah of Bilam, how this prophecy of Bilam is speaking about both David, David HaMelech, and Mashiach. And he goes through different, uh, different psukim and he shows how basically what is the job of Mashiach. Mashiach is basically, he is bringing back the Malchus based David, he's bringing back the kingship of David, he's continuing to do exactly what David did, but in a much greater way. So, the Raman brought over here two proofs. Two proofs. One proof is from Parshish Nitzavim, which says that Hashem will gather in the exiles, and the second proof is from Parshish Bilaman over there, which speaks about David and Mashiach. So you see that the Torah itself speaks about Geula, speaks about Mashiach, and therefore anyone who doesn't believe in Geula, or who doesn't believe in Mashiach, is denying Torah. Not only the Nevi'im, which is full, which is which is full of uh, speaking about Mashiach, but it's denying also, but it's he's denying what it says in Torah Smaisha. So, why does the Ramam need to bring two proofs? You know, the Ramam is a book of halacha, and uh, obviously he's not just adding proofs just for the sake of uh, you know clarity <laughs> or just because you know he he wants to bring more proofs. Obviously, each each proof over here is adding another another aspect what he's trying to bring out over here. So he mentioned before that the Raman <coughs> emphasizes over here that over here anyone that, who doesn't believe in him, doesn't believe in Moshiach, is a kaifer. Is, is a is a, a, a he denies the Torah of Meshach Rabbeinu. So the Raman seems to be emphasizing over here that even someone who believes in Geula who believes in redemption but doesn't believe in a human Mashiach, in the fact that there'll be a Melech Mibet David, there'll be a king from the house of David who's going to be a continuation of Malchus Beis David, who's going to be like he, the Rabban began, who's going to be Machsav Malchus David Lugayishna, who's going to bring back the uh, Davidic dynasty. So if you don't believe in that, you are Kaifer. So let's see over here in Lakut Siches, the Rebbe over here. Clarifies that that's in fact what the Ramah was trying to bring out over here. He says, <laughs> says we understand why the Ramah needs to bring these first two proofs. <laughs> the Rambam is trying to tell us over here that we have to believe in Melech HaMashiach. <laughs> that in addition to our obligation, to believe in the concept of redemption in general, that Hashem will redeem the Jewish people, in whichever way Hashem will decide to redeem us. The Rambam wants to tell us that we have to believe in a King Mashiach. With all the details and all the qualities that this Melech HaMashiach has, that the Rambam details in this chapter. Like the Rambam 
emphasizes here, anyone who doesn't believe in him. So, this idea that you have to believe in a human Mashiach, a Melacham Mashiach, a King Mashiach, that it doesn't say in the first verse. In the verse in, in Nitzavim, it just talks about Hashem gathering in the exiles. It's only in Pashas Bilam over there we see that he prophesies concerning the two Mashiach and concerning David and Melech HaMashiach. So basically it's clear the Lahalach and the Rambam. The Rambam makes it clear that you have to believe in a human Mashiach. Okay, so let's take this a step further. To clarify, what is, what is in fact the importance of believing in a human Mashiach. So let's take a look at the Rambam in the Purusha Mishnais. So the Rambam in his commentary on the Mishnah on Sanhedrin in the last parak of Sanhedrin Perik Chelek, the Rambam, that's where he explains the Yud Gimel Ikri Amuna, the 13 principles of faith. So the Rambam says over there that the Yisoid Hashneim also is Yemaisa Mashiach, the twelfth fundamental principle of Judaism is the belief in Mashiach. And he explains what that means. He says, So this is to believe, to know truthfully that Mashiach will indeed come. And you shouldn't think that Mashiach will delay. And he continues, um, and he continues on this vein, right? You have to believe that Mashiach is, is going to come. And then he says, "V'shiyamin boy, you have to believe in Mashiach. Ulegadlay, ulaohavay, you have to, you have to speak of his greatness. You have to love him. Ulehispalu b'shviloi, you have to daven that he should come. Kafima shenibu alav kolanavim b'Moshe ad Malachi alav Hashalom. Just the way all the prophets from Moshe till Malachi spoke. Then he says the following." Anyone who has any doubts about Mashiach, or who thinks the Mashiach is not so great, such a person has denied Torah. Because the Torah clearly speaks about Mashiach in Pashas Bilam and in Atim So, one interesting thing the Rambam says over here, which he doesn't say in Mishnah Torah, is that he says anyone right who thinks that Mashiach is is nismait etzlem alasa? He doesn't think that Mashiach is that great, or he doesn't think that Mashiach is that important. But then he says another interesting thing. Umiklal It says included in this fundamental principle of believing in Mashiach is she'in malach liyisrael elam ibeis David and mizera shleim ebobad. That you have to believe that the only king for the Jewish people is from the house of David, from the descendants of Shlomo HaMelech. He says, anyone who who um, who um, who is on this mishpacha, on this family, in other words, anyone who argues with this family, anyone who disputes the. Uh, the the kingship of this family so that a person has denied Hashem in the words of his prophets so the Rambam is saying a very interesting thing he's saying believing in Mashiach including in the belief in Mashiach is you have to believe 
that the only king that the Jewish people have is from the house of David. And if you deny that, it's as if you denied Hashem. Similarly, it's a very strange thing. So the Ramam, he was actually saying a further point. He's saying not only do you have to believe that there is a... That you, that, that you have to believe that there's a human Mashiach, but you have to believe that it's from the house of David. That's first of all, he says. You have to believe that this king, this human being, is a Melech Mibes David. But that's not the main point I want to bring out. The main point I want to bring out is the second thing that he says. He says, and if you are, if you, you're chaylik on this family, you've denied Hashem. Seemingly, why is, why is believing that the only king that the Jewish people have is from the house of David, believing in a human Mashiach from the house of David, why is that so important? Why is that a fundamental, a fundamental part of our faith? I understand there's other parts of Yiddishkeit that the Ramam speaks about, the other 13 principles of faith, belief in Hashem, belief in reward and punishment, belief in, in, in Nevuah, right? belief in, in prophecy, um, right? belief in the truth of Torah. Uh, yeah, I, you can understand these things are fundamentals of Yiddishkeit. If a person says, okay, I believe in Mashiach, I believe in Gul and all these things, right? But I don't believe it's going to be a human Mashiach. I don't believe it's going to be from the house of David, right? That's a, that's a fundamental part of our faith. That person is a kaifer, he's a heretic, he's a, that's a terrible thing. Why? What is so fundamental about the fact that there's this human Mashiach from the house of David? To the extent that the Ramam is saying, this is, this is one of the foundations of Yiddishkeit. That means if you don't have this principle then your whole Judaism is is is, is it's, it's it's lacking one of its pillars. Why? So I think we'll explain this at two levels. So first at a more basic level, and then on a deeper level. So what we really what we really have to understand is what is the purpose of having a king? What is the purpose of having a human king? What is the goal and what is the purpose of David HaMelech? Who is, David HaMelech is the king. So, let's look in what it says in Derech Mitzvisecha. This is from the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. Over there, in Mitzvah's Minui Melech, over there he, he speaks about the mitzvah to appoint a king. So he says the following, He says, what is the purpose of appointing a king? The point of appointing a king is that through the king, the Jewish people should be bottled to Hashem. They should nullify themselves to Hashem. They should dedicate their, themselves to Hashem. They should be Hashem's servants. How does that work? He explains. Because all of the Jewish people need to be subservient to the king. They have to listen to whatever he says. Like Shmuel said, that that's, this is the law of the king, that the king, he can do whatever he wants, you have to listen to the king. Okay, so we'll be bottled to the Melech. How does that make us bottled to Hashem? What the king himself is bottled to The whole concept of a king is the king is someone who is someone who is a king who's worthy to be a king, who's fitting to be a, being a king, to be a king, is someone who is bought himself bottled to Hashem. Like David HaMelech, who is the epitome of a king, he said, He says that I am like a, the way the Tzermach explains his verses, 
that he's like a doimim, which means that his bittel to Hashem touched his heart so much to the extent that even physically he wasn't able to lift his eyes. And to lift up his heart, uh, heart and feel as if he's an independent existence from Hashem. He was like inanimate matter that doesn't move. This is the main purpose of a king, which for this reason he's called a melech. That he is someone who's like a chariot to Hashem's kingship. What is the concept of a chariot? This is the concept of self-nullification, self-abnegation. It's like the way a chariot it has no will of its own, completely subservient to the rider. So there what concludes in Samach Tzedek. Now therefore, since the king, he is bottle, he is bottle to Hashem's kingship. And the Jewish people, they are bottled to the king. So it comes out that through the Melech, all the Jewish people are bottled to Hashem. And this is the service of the king constantly. That through him, all of the other creations, the Jewish people, should be bottled to Hashem. Through the fact that he is bottled, they are bottled to him. Another thing that Samach Tzedek is saying is, is a very powerful thing. He's saying the way Hashem made the world, the way he, the way he, the way he constructed Judaism, is that the way that Hashem's kingship is revealed in this world is through a human king. So just like if a person will come along and say, you know what, I want to connect myself to Hashem, but I don't want to do that by putting on tefillin, right? I have a different way of connecting myself to Hashem. I have a different way. So he says, what's the concept of tefillin? Tefillin is about shibud haleva ha'moyach. It's about, it's, uh, it's about uh, subjugating your heart and mind to Hashem. He says, you know what? I don't need to put on these leather boxes. You know what? I'm going uh, to do it a different way. I'm just going to think about Hashem. Obviously, such a person is missing a fundamental part of Judaism. It's not going to work. Hashem says, this is the way it has to be. So the same thing Hashem says, we, our job in this world, Hashem made us His avadim. Avadayhem, Hashem said when He gave us the Torah, we became His servants. We have to be subservient to Him, we have to serve Him. Hashem says, how is this going to happen? How are you going to be bottled to me? How are you going to be my avadim? Through me appointing a melech, through me appointing a human king. And through being bottled to Him, that's how you're going to be bottled to me. And we see actually, you could see, we see this is actually, this is indicated in a, in a, in a number of psukim. Look in Diri Hayomim, Aleph, in Chronicles uh, 1, Perek Chavches Pasakei, chapter 28, verse 5. This is David HaMelech speaking, King David speaking. It says, Hashem has chosen Shlema, my son. And he says to sit on the throne of Malchus Hashem, to sit on the on the on the throne of the kingship of Hashem Al Yisrael. Shleim HaMelech is a king; he's the human king. And David HaMelech says, "But what is the concept? Who does he represent? Malchus Hashem, the kingship of Hashem." Similarly, in Dibra Hayamim Aleph Perik Chavches Pasuk Gimel, Chapter Twenty Nine, Verse Twenty Three, it says, "Vayeshev Shleimai Al Kisei Hashem LaMelech." It says, "Shleima." 
sat on the throne of Hashem as king. Similarly, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, it, when it talks about the mitzvah to appoint the king, it says, When the voice says that Hashem has sworn by his throne, by the throne of Hashem, the Gemara says, It says this is a reference to appointing a king. So once again, the voice says that it's a case yudke, case ka, the throne of Hashem. Says the Gemara, who, what's the throne of Hashem? Appointing a human king, appointing David HaMelech. So now, getting back to Mashiach. So what is the whole purpose of Mashiach? What is the whole goal of Mashiach? The whole goal of Mashiach is, like we say, every day in davening, the voice in Zechariah, Perik Yedalit, Pesach Tes, chapter 14, verse 9, V'hoya Hashem l'melech al-kol that Hashem will be king over the entire land. Hashem will be king over the entire earth, not only over the Jewish people, but over the entire world. So how is that going to happen? How is Hashem going to be revealed as king over the entire world? The answer is through Melech HaMashiach, through the King Mashiach, through the physical human Mashiach who is a descendant of David HaMelech, that's how Hashem's kingship is going to be revealed in this world. So if a person doesn't recognize that, person and doesn't realize the importance of having a, a human king, a human Melech Mashiach. So there, says the Ramam, says, he's as if he denied Hashem. Because the only way Hashem is going to be revealed as king in this world is through the human Mashiach who is the descendant of David HaMelech. Hashem chose the, specifically the family of David that they should be his representatives as, as, king, on, as king on earth and to reveal and bring the king, kingship of Hashem in this world. So therefore, if a person is going to say, well, I don't believe in the, I don't believe in the, the Malchus of David HaMelech, they're, missing, they're, all, they're automatically missing the fundamental concept of being an Evet to Hashem. So in other words, this, this concept of here that Ramam says that, that, that um, part of the believing in Mashiach is believing that the only Melech for the Jewish people is we base Dovin and Bizarre Shlaima. Why is that a fundamental of uh, why is that a fundamental point of Judaism? Is because it's only through that that Hashem, only through the human uh, the human Mashiach, the human descendant of David Hamelech, will Hashem be king in this world. So this is all at one level. So at this level basically, what's the concept of Mashiach? Mashiach the concept of Mashiach is that that Hashem is, will be king, reveal as king in the world, and this is and the truth is, is really also brought out in the Rambam, also in Mishnah that we mentioned before. The Rambam speaks about the whole concept of Mashiach is to bring back the completion of Torah Mitzvahs. That once again we should be able to fulfill all Torah Mitzvahs. And of course, what's the whole concept of fulfilling Torah Mitzvahs? That is how we express, and that's how we be Hashem's Avadim, Hashem's servant, through fulfilling all of His commandments. So since Mashiach will be Machzer Malchus David Liyashna, his whole idea is to bring back the kingship of King David. Therefore, automatically, what is his job practically is to make that the Jewish people fulfill all of Torah Mitzvahs. So this is the simple uh, halachic definition of Mashiach. Mashiach is here to bring back the kingship of Hashem, of David, through David in this world, which expresses itself through the completion of Torah Mitzvahs. But there's a deeper level. You know, the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya that the concept of Mashiach and the, really the whole purpose of creation, and really the whole purpose of Torah and Mitzvahs is for Dira is that Hashem 
should have a dwelling place on this earth. So what is the concept of Dio B'tachtoinim? concept of Dio B'tachtoinim uh, incorporates two opposite ideas. On the one hand, the concept of Dio B'tachtoinim means that there's a Tachtoinim. It means that there's a lower world. It means that there's a, there's a human on this earth, on this physical earth, and this human over here has to connect to Hashem. On the other hand, we're saying it's a it's a, it's a it's a dwelling place for Hashem Himself. In other words, Hashem's wish and Hashem's uh, plan of creation is that He Himself should be revealed in this physical earth. So on Shabbos Parshas Chayesta Tavshin Nun Beis, end of 1991, at the Kinnus Hashluchim, the Rebbe spoke about this concept, about the whole concept of Mashiach, is that he is a shliach. Shliach is an emissary. And once again, in a, in a shliach, you also have these two opposite ideas. On the one hand, a shliach is an independent person from the Mishaleach, from the, from, his, uh, from the one who sends him. On the other hand, the whole concept of a shliach is that he has to be that he has to be that he has to be bottle to the Mishaleach. He has to be fulfill the shlichus of the Mishaleach, the one who sent him. So the Rebbe says the whole concept of a shliach really brings out this whole concept of Dira B'tachtoinem. Or in the Rebbe's words in Natsicha, Yichud Ma'uban. The unification between the giver and the recipient. So the Rebbe brought out that we see this concept in many different ways. That the purpose of Judaism purpose of Yiddishkeit is to unite the neshama and the guf, the soul and the body. It's the, to, more generally speaking, to unite ruchnius and yashmi, spirituality in the physical world. And likewise also the creation with Hashem. So it says the Rebbe, this will explain why Mashiach himself is called a, uh, is, is called a shliach. It says, Mashiach is the shliach, durch welchen es fühlt sich durch schlimmes inen hashlichus. Meshliach, he is the emissary through which Hashem fulfills the ultimate shlichus, which is Yichud Ma'uban, uniting the, 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 the giver and the recipient. The shlichus from the Meibushin to bring in the Gula Hamitas Vashlema, Hashem's mission to bring the ultimate redemption. When we'll have the ultimate union between soul and body. And Hashem and the Jewish people will be one. And likewise in the world, the the ultimate revelation of godliness in this physical world. To the extent that the entire world becomes a dwelling place for Hashem. Says the Rebbe, Based on this, we'll understand why Mashiach himself also is a Shliach. Mashiach also is a shliach because the whole concept of a shliach is this union between these two concepts. On the one hand, Mashiach is a matzias liatzma keviyochov and on the shama beguf a bosuv adam. Mashiach, on the one hand, he is his own entity. He's a human being of flesh and blood. Like the Rambam says that he's going to be a king, king from the house of David, who's going to have to wage wars. At the same time, he's Hashem's emissary, the emissary of Hashem himself. So those are the two opposite ideas. On the one hand, Mashiach is a human being. On the other hand, he's the holiest guy out there. He's the representative of Hashem himself. Why is that so important? Because in order that he should accomplish 
the unification between soul and body by the Jewish people, and the unification of spirituality and physical, physicality in the world, therefore he himself has to incorporate both ideas, the way they are unified. In other words, the point is that like this, that since the whole goal, Hashem's purpose of this world, is the unification of opposites, the unification of the soul and body, the unification of physicality and spirituality, of Hashem and the Jewish people. Therefore, Mashiach, who's going to bring about that ultimate revelation, he himself has to incorporate both those ideas. He himself, on the one hand, has to be a human being, and at the same, at the same time, he's Hashem's representative here on earth. So in other words, if Hashem himself would be the Goyal. If Hashem himself would be the Redeemer, Hashem himself would take us out of exile, that would be missing the point. That would be missing the whole point of Dir B'Tachtoinim. The whole point of Dir B'Tachtoinim is that it has to be in Tachtoinim. It, in in it has to be in the lower realm. The whole point is it has to come about through a human being. So therefore also the Redeemer himself also has to be a human being. So that's another explanation, a deeper explanation why it is so important and why it's so fundamental that Mashiach be a king from the house of David, a physical human being, because that is the whole purpose of creation, that it come about through human effort. So basically to sum up, so we had the opinion of Hillel, the, the Hillel who said that it doesn't have to be a human Mashiach, and we explained that, that Hillel's opinion is, is, uh, is disproven, and to the extent that someone now will say that they follow Hillel, so such a person is denying Torah, and we discussed you know, the importance of believing in a human Mashiach as brought out in Mishnah Torah and in the Pirush HaMashnais of the Rambam, and which uh, we brought it out on two levels. One, uh, one idea is that Mashiach, he is Hashem's representative um, to bring out the kingship of Hashem in this world. And then uh, on a deeper level, Mashiach is the one who's going to bring out the actual unification between, between Hashem and His world, and therefore Mashiach himself We'll have to we'll incorporate both these concepts. Thank you very much for listening, and we should be, we should merit that very soon the Melech Hamashiach himself should reveal himself and take us out of this exile and bring us to the Geula Hamidus Vashlem, the ultimate and complete redemption. May it happen immediately.